Hey there, I'm Beth Connors, a midwife and mom of two, but also your birth bestie. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into everything you need to feel confident, prepared, and in control from baby bump to delivery room, from practical tips to personal stories. We'll cover it all so you know exactly what to expect every step of the way. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Your Birth Bestie Podcast. Last week, we talked about overcoming the fear of postpartum. So it is a perfect segue into this week's conversation I had with Marissa Bergman, who is a nurse, a birth and postpartum educator, and a mom to almost three girls. She is 35 weeks pregnant and preparing for her third postpartum journey really reflecting on her past experiences that were both very different and making a postpartum plan that fits how she wants her transition to having three kids be. We talk about the things that we had never expected to happen postpartum with our first babies that we definitely think that you should know ahead of time and share tips on navigating this difficult and emotional time that can be postpartum. We also talk about a way to honor postpartum and celebrate moms that isn't a baby shower. So really all things postpartum and supporting moms during this stage of their life and really starting out your motherhood journey in the most positive way possible. My name is Marissa Bergman, and I am a nurse. I am a birth and postpartum educator. Um, I live in a tiny little town in Western Kentucky with my husband of 10 years, and we have two little girls and are actually expecting our third little girl in just a few weeks. Um, So I originally got into birth work after the second birth or my second birth of my second daughter. Um, My first birth and postpartum experience, and I'm sure we'll get into this, Mm -hmm. was not so great. And I really craved something different the second time. And thankfully, that's exactly what I got. I got a very positive, empowering birth and postpartum experience the second time. And I felt like I had unlocked this top secret experience that I wanted to share with other people. And I know that that's kind of similar to your story as well, Beth, of your second birth was very empowering, kind of changed the way you viewed things. And when you have a good experience like that, you can't help but want to share it with other people. And so that's kind of what got me into the world of birth work. So are you currently, uh, I know you have a um, background in nursing. Are you currently working as a postpartum nurse or doula or what is your, I guess, title in the birth world today? <laughs> so I actually work for a nonprofit, um, kind of in a community setting. I do uh, pregnancy confirmations and I do childbirth education at our center. Um, I am going to be leaving that role to be a stay-at-home mom here soon. Okay. And I am hoping to... Uh, become a postpartum doula within the next year because we have a huge need for that in our area. So that's a big dream of mine um, to provide that. We have no postpartum doulas in our entire area. Oh my goodness. So wow. it's definitely needed. Yes. So needed. Oh my gosh. I even just with my background now like as a nurse and a midwife, I didn't even know like how like important like birth doulas were. Like I saw them in the hospital, but not that frequently. But then way less even even more than that was the postpartum side. Um and how moms and families are just not supported in that way in our culture. So like that is just 
so needed and so amazing. So good for you. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, if we could just kind of talk about your own postpartum experiences with your first two. I know you have a lot of experience, you know, as a nurse and uh, with your own babies. So if you kind of could just talk a little bit about what those two experiences were like, like that'd be really interesting. For sure. And they are completely different from one another, which I'm grateful for, you know, because our experiences really shape us and you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. So with my first daughter, we found out we were pregnant when I was on the tail end of nursing school. So I was actually about nine weeks whenever I had pinning and we came back to Kentucky and I was applying for jobs and such. The extent of my preparation for her birth and her postpartum was I knew I wanted an epidural. I couldn't tell you why other than that's just, that's just Mm -hmm. the the common thing to do, you know, and I was going to breastfeed. Those are literally the only two things that I even remotely thought about. I thought, you know, okay, I've wanted a baby for so long. We had been kind of waiting until I was going to be graduated from nursing school to have our first baby. And I figured, you know, I can handle this. I want a baby. I want to be a mom. So I can handle this, right? I was so, so utterly unprepared. Um, And I very quickly figured out that just because you want to be a mom doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. And so her birth was a pretty standard um, vaginal delivery. I did not have any complications Praise the Lord for that. Um, But I did have some interventions that I chose not to have the second time. And when we got home with her, we started having breastfeeding issues right out the gate. And my mom did not breastfeed. And so she was not somebody I could go to. I don't have any sisters. I have a few sister-in-laws who at the time uh, didn't live near me or had not breastfed. And so, you know, here's this little baby this first time mom, she's crying. I'm crying. (laughs) I can't, I can't get her to latch for anything. She's jaundiced. And it was just kind of this perfect storm. And what happened is I found myself asking, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Because nobody had ever told me how hard postpartum could be or how challenging it was. It was always, you know, what are you doing for your birth? And focusing on birth and not that birth is not important. It is incredibly important. It lays a, the foundation for postpartum, but I just had no idea. And so very quickly, you know, those tears and soreness and latching issues turned into full blown postpartum anxiety. And I would find myself experiencing this feeling of dread and hopelessness as the sun would go down every night because I knew that I would be awake with my baby with these dark thoughts while everybody else was asleep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's really shameful. It it feels shameful to have these intrusive thoughts um, and not voice them to anybody. It it kind of is most people's tendencies to keep it to themselves because you know, it's, it's not rational but it feels so real. I had one mom friend who I tell her all the time, she saved my breastfeeding journey. She just encouraged me just the tiniest bit. You know, if this is what's working and you want to do it, just don't give up. And that's literally all it took. And I somehow muddled my way through this fog. Um, But admittedly, 
I really don't remember a lot of her first year of life. And that's really sad. Um, and so we knew we wanted more kids and I was not going to let that experience dictate how many kids we wanted to have. And so as soon as the fog lifted, I was determined I'm not going through that again. I'm going to do things differently because I want a positive experience. Motherhood is a gift. It is a privilege. It is one of the greatest things that we will ever do in our lives. And so I know it's hard, but it can't all be bad, right? Did you did you have anybody in your life at that point? Because I know, I mean, we were both young, like younger moms. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have like any of your friends having babies at the time or anything like that, that you were like, they had a better experience than I did? Like, you know, could my experience be like that? Or was it just really like in yourself? You were like, I know it can be better than that. Right. Honestly, no. Um, the The friends and family that I had at that time either had really difficult births or really difficult postpartums. Okay. And I don't know about you, Beth, but I'm one of those people that that when I get my mind set on something, I'm not changing it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) For sure. Yes. I'm very goal oriented too. And so it just became this, this drive for me of like, I know in the depths of my heart that this can look different. I just know. I know it doesn't have to be this way. And I love that, that you don't need like the validation that like that it can be. You're just going to take that control for yourself and make it happen. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, that started this journey of like, okay, how am I going to do things different? Well, the most obvious thing to me was, well, let's just flip the script entirely and have a completely different experience. So I hired a doula for my second birth, which was a game changer. Um, I chose to have an unmedicated birth for the first time. I switched to a nurse midwife rather than an OB. Um, I did regular chiropractic care. I just really, with, with the information that I had, did the best that I could to do something different. I tried to focus on prepping meals and, you know, the logistics of postpartum, preparing my marriage and my relationship, um, preparing resources ahead of time. If I, if I did find myself in this place of anxiety a second time, which I was scared of because Mm -hmm. that's a scary place to be in, you know, what are my steps going to be? Am I going to seek counseling or therapy? Am I going to implement, you know, more physical exercise or vitamin D or whatever it is? Like, what is my game plan? Does my husband know the red flags to look for in me that he may see before I see them in myself and just little things like that. And so her birth really changed things for me. Um, We did have a uncomplicated vaginal hospital birth, unmedicated. And I just felt so much more present at her birth than my first. And that laid the foundation for postpartum. I felt like I could enjoy those little newborn days that are so fleeting, you know, they disappear in an instant. And I remember, yes, I was tired. (laughs) Yes, I was sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. But I can remember those early days with her. And I can't remember them with my first baby. Um, I'm happy and thankful to say I did not experience postpartum anxiety the second time. Um, And it was a really positive experience. And so after having those contrasting postpartum experiences with my girls, um, I, I really realized how 
neglected postpartum is in our culture, but also how neglected it is in our individual preparation. And so the first piece of that is knowing it. You know, you have to know it in your head that postpartum is important. You have to know it in your heart that postpartum is important. Um, We've got moms screaming everywhere. Why didn't somebody tell me? Mm-hmm. And I know that there are moms like you and I that are over here waving the red flags saying, oh gosh, yes. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, you know, like, listen, because we want you to not have to walk through what we've walked through. Yeah, because I mean, there's so many parallels of like my stories with with yours, like that anxiety. I mean, we were both, I was still in nursing school at the time too. And I don't remember much of her first year of her life. I had a traumatic birth. I had a tra- like even more traumatic postpartum, um, no support. And I had no idea that it could even be that that bad. Um, but I also didn't know that it could be good. I just thought it was what was going, like what was supposed to happen to me, you know, that I wasn't going to get any sleep. Right. I was going to be anxious. Um, I mean, I, I actually have a group of um, nursing students that I taught last night and um, we were talking about this and I, I think I kind of scared them that I was a bad mom, but I said when I was, you know, in those first two weeks of postpartum with my first baby, I remember being so overwhelmed and so anxious. I was just like, I don't even care if she wakes up tomorrow. Like I literally said those words out loud and Mm -hmm. I didn't mean that at all. Like not at all. I I don't want anything to happen to my baby, but I remember just being like, I'm so overwhelmed. Like I wouldn't even be sad. Like that was just in my head. And Mm -hmm. no, I didn't, I didn't seek any help for that. Um, I was going back to school like the next day I had to go back to school 11 days after I had her, but yeah, like you, you just feel shame. I felt so shameful for even thinking that in my head. And, um, I was like, what, yeah, what is going on? So just to to hear like the parallels too of like the stories and dreading the nighttime and knowing that you're going to be awake all night. And I feel like you just don't know about it. Unfortunately, I feel like it's, it's more, well, I know it is. I know it's more common than what is verbalized because there is this expectation to just move on with your life or, you know, you have other kids that you're caring for. And so you just have to do what you have to do. Or Mm -hmm. there's just so much shame and guilt involved that you don't even want to voice how you're feeling and you just let on like everything is fine. Mm -hmm. And those thoughts take up more space in our head when they're not voiced. You know, when we we speak them, it's almost like they lose their power. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're not as strong over us because it does feel awful to you know, want to be a mom and have a baby and all this stuff. And you love your baby so much. And then to think I would be okay if I didn't have to do this tomorrow. I know it. it's just so hard knowing too, that there's moms like right now experiencing this, that they just had their baby um, or even like friends of mine who have just had babies. And like, I'm reaching out to them being like, you know, how are you doing? And things like that. Um, like, what can I do to help? Because it's just so ingrained in us that we don't, we shouldn't seek help because everybody else is doing fine or, you know, how's the baby sleeping? And you, you, you shouldn't really say that the baby's not sleeping and that you're not doing well because that would just make you seem less than. And um, I just feel like that's so much like the front that a lot of people that I'm surrounded by, like that's what they're putting on. And I'm like, you don't have to put up this wall for me. Like I have been there, like, let's work through this because it's just temporary. But when you're in it, it does not feel temporary at all. Um, it doesn't. Those days are very long and the focus feels on the baby and not you, you know? Yeah. And something that I really like to say that I think is a good analogy is, you know, when you talk to somebody that has had a very empowering birth experience versus somebody that has had a traumatic birth experience, both of those experiences are going to affect 
the way you enter postpartum. And so birth is a down payment for postpartum. And in the same sense, the way that you enter postpartum is a down payment for motherhood. Because if we enter postpartum feeling isolated, feeling like our authority was taken away from us, feeling shameful, uh, whatever it is, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it, then that is your view of motherhood. And that is not the way that it was designed to be. If, if this is our great, one of our greatest gifts and privileges in life, we want to enter it in the best way possible. And so preparing for postpartum and understanding the importance of it and having a healthy respect for it is that down payment for motherhood as well. And, and we both know that it can be better because we both experienced it better. So it it's just just like incredible to think like if I would have known what I did before, I mean, as you, you know, if you knew what you did after you had your first baby before then, like you could have had two amazing experiences Um, and that should happen for everybody. So just having all that preparation beforehand and that support, like would just be a complete game changer for, you know, especially first time moms, not having to have that initiation into a terrible postpartum experience. Right. Yes. Having a bad experience is not a prerequisite for having a good one. Right. So because of all, you know, the experience that you've had with your babies and, um, you know, just helping moms in their postpartum journeys, is there a time frame, I guess, when moms should start preparing for their postpartum period? I guess I would like to hear your thoughts on, you know, if it's too late, if they're, you know, further along or um, what's your recommendation there? Right. It is absolutely never too late. Never too late. If you are past due right now, it is never too late to consider the importance of postpartum and how to help yourself emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and practically, because there are a lot of practical things that matter postpartum too. However, if you are earlier on in your pregnancy or even preconception, if you are trying to conceive or you know that you're going to be having kids in the near future, it is not too early to start preparing for postpartum. Because like I said earlier, you have to know this stuff in your head and your heart before you can implement it. But on that same coin, knowing something is not the same thing as doing something. So we have to first know it and then we have to actually do it. You know, it's, it's up to us to implement these things. Um, And even coming from a soon to be third time mom, you know, I'm, I'm going through this myself right now. I'm currently 35 weeks pregnant with my third baby and, And I think I do have a healthy respect for postpartum at this point because I know that it can be hard, uh, but I know that it can be good. And so taking what you know and putting that into practice. So I would say first trimester of pregnancy, you know, start considering things like what does your support system look like? Do you have family near you? Do you not? If you do, are they people that you, you want around during that time. Um, do you have a solid partner that is supportive? Would you consider hiring a postpartum doula? If you don't know what a postpartum doula is, learn what one is because they are invaluable. If you don't have one in your area, like I don't, uh, maybe there's one who is in training who is interested in learning and can help you out. Maybe you have a mom friend who can kind of play that role. Um, Maybe you have a family member who can kind of play that role. There's ways to be creative to meet these needs. Um, 
and knowing what your options are, just like with birth, you know, what kind of provider are you going to have for your birth? That's an important decision to be thinking about um, early on in pregnancy or better yet before you're pregnant. What do you want your postpartum experience to look like? Um, like I said, you want to enter postpartum on the best fit possible because that will shape your view of motherhood. And so the earlier, the better. Yeah. And I love how you mentioned literally everything that I would never have thought of before having my first baby. So that's like really the, the ticket to having that better postpartum journey instead of just what you would think of postpartum being making sure you have all the, the stuff. Um, I feel like that's a big focus is like the baby registries and like that if you have all the stuff and if you have your bags packed and if you have your nursery done, then like you're prepared for postpartum. But like, it's just so much more than that. And I feel like I was checking mm -hmm. off those, those things in my, in my head or like on my list of things that I needed to buy to be ready. Um, but it was just far more than that. Um, and I didn't realize that until later. So yeah, right. it's really great advice. And I'm glad that you brought that up of, you know, it's not, our focus should not be all about what we need for the baby and the, and the nursery and the registry and things like that. Now, if this is your first baby or you're having a baby of a different season or a different gender or whatever, of course you're going to need some baby mm -hmm. things. Right. But there's so much more we can do that will support you in your transition into motherhood or your transition into two kids, three kids, four kids, et cetera. Um, that is outside of the box. And I'm saying that because as I am preparing for postpartum myself uh, with a third baby, you know, I don't need a baby shower this mm -hmm. time, right? I have all the big things. Um, you, you also learn as you go that babies don't need as much as you think. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> and so, and it's also, this is my third girl. So, you know, <laughs> kind of winning in the baby clothes yeah, area. Exactly. But, yeah. So this Saturday, actually, we are having, we've been calling it a postpartum party. And I have a couple of friends who um, are moms themselves that are also very passionate about birth and postpartum that are hosting it for me. And what we're doing in lieu of a baby shower is we've invited, you know, just the women in my life that mean the most to me, that I'm the closest to, friends and family. And they are coming and bringing freezer meals to stock my freezer. And while they are here, we are going to make a couple things together in the kitchen. We are going to just spend time together, snack on some finger foods. Um, we're going to have them kind of write out some encouraging words for me to read either during my labor or postpartum. And I'm so excited about it because although it, it's very non-traditional, you know, and I've kind of gotten some questions of like, okay, so what do you want me to do? What do you want me to bring? You know, can, can my husband come? Like things like that. Um, it is going to serve me and my family so much more than any baby shower ever would. So much. That is amazing. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> um, yes. I've heard of that actually becoming more popular, like a, like a mother circle. Um, I feel like that's what I've heard of before, just like coming together with, you know, all the women in your life and, you know, honoring you for like what you're doing and you're in this period of your life where you're having a third baby. It is a different, you know, it's the same in terms of you kind of know what to expect in a way, but every time you have a baby or have a new milestone in your life, it's like a different you're in a different situation. So like there always is support needed. It's not like, oh, you've had babies before, you know what you're doing. Cause exactly. it's different. It's so different. You have two other babies, you know, to take care of um, along with the newborn. So gathering all that support ahead of time. And yeah, that's just so great. I wish more people did that. <laughs> I'm hoping that 
we see, you know, an increase in popularity of things like that. Because we're starting to realize too, and hopefully people are understanding that it's, yeah, it's not about the stuff. It's about the support. And I I remember hearing about an organization doing this. I want to say it's called Be Her Village. I'm sure, are you familiar with Be Her Village? I have heard of it, yes. Yeah, but like just, you know, getting that support in services versus actual materialistic items. So um, I feel like it is starting to become more of a popular thing that is definitely needed, um, you know, alongside with all like the education going into birth or postpartum, like there is that support piece too, that um, hopefully we're starting to understand what is needed to improve like outcomes and mental health and just really, you know, becoming a mom, like that is just these things are needed. Yeah. So I guess the next thing um, I really wanted to talk to you about too, was avoiding surprises in postpartum. Because Mm -hmm. for me, when I was preparing for my first baby, I didn't know what to expect um, at all. And I wanted to avoid any surprises from happening, but I didn't prepare the right way. Um, So is there any like misconceptions or myths about that postpartum recovery that mom should know about ahead of time if this is their first experience? Yeah. So I have some kind of some big picture misconceptions. And then while you were talking about that, of having surprises, um, <laughs> a few other things came to my mind that are kind of smaller picture. Um, but funny thinking back because I, I just had no idea, you know? Right. Same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like big picture. Okay. I would say one of the biggest misconceptions in American culture specifically is that postpartum is only six weeks long. Yes. If you have had a baby ever, you are perpetually postpartum. You will always be postpartum. Absolutely. If you are having multiple babies in a row, you are definitely postpartum Mm -hmm. and your body feels the effects of that. There is not just this magical timeline of, okay, I'm six weeks. I'm good. My body's back to quote unquote normal. I can go on with my life and I'm expected to go on with my life. That is so not true. Um, You know, just nutritionally speaking, your body has just gone through so much. You have literally created a human from scratch for the last nine to 10 months mm-hmm. of your time. life. Yeah. Your body has invested endless amounts of energy, minerals, nutrients, immune factors, calories, you name it. You have then gone through the marathon of labor. You've had, you know, normal, abnormal blood loss, whatever it is, the energy expenditure of labor, the fluid shift of having a baby Mm -hmm. and all, all that readjusting your blood volume. Um, And then guess what? Now we're making breast milk if you've chosen to breastfeed. And so your body is putting work into that and you're sleep deprived. And so my second uh, misconception that kind of ties into that first one is that nutrition doesn't matter anymore. We know we're supposed to be eating well in pregnancy Um, nutrient-dense foods, drinking water, cutting caffeine, smoking cessation, prenatal vitamin, whatever it is, you name it. That's like, that's pretty well known. You're supposed to be doing that, right? There are so many people, and myself included, with my first baby, I'm not pregnant anymore, so I don't need a prenatal anymore. Or I took iron during my pregnancy, and now I don't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. Nutrition matters. 
equally, if not more, during pregnancy. And there has been studies that have shown that our quality of our nutrition plays into our mental health as well. And so when you're talking about the risk of postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, you know, nutrition has to be a factor in that. It has to be a focus in that. Um, so that would be the second misconception is that nutrition doesn't matter anymore. It matters just as much, if not more than it did before. Um, a third misconception is that postpartum is a public event. This is not a time to welcome just anybody into your bubble. It is a very vulnerable time, um, you know, just to be really frank, kind of what I tell moms is if you're not comfortable with somebody seeing you cry, bleed, or breastfeed a baby, they don't need to be there. And I think that moms feel pressured to host postpartum. Um, you know, if somebody's bringing a meal, then they feel like they have to let them sit on the couch for two hours and hold the baby and carry on conversation or have a, a potluck or dinner party of sorts. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We want to make sure we're fair and let all the aunts and uncles and cousins come see the baby. But in reality, you are not obligated to that. Your job as a postpartum mom is to heal, rest, feed your baby, however you've chosen, and get to know them. And let them get to know you and figure out who you're going to be as a mom. And that requires downtime and that requires skin to skin. And that requires uh, holding your baby and not passing them around to 30 different people. And so, um, you know, that's going to look different for everybody because some of us are introverts and some of us are extroverts. Some of us want people around and some of us don't. But just having those healthy boundaries and understanding that you can be mama bear and you can say, you know, I, I really would not like visitors right now. Or, yes, I would love a meal. Would you mind to leave it on my porch? I appreciate you so much. If somebody comes and they want to help, because most people do have good intentions. It's not that these people come in with ill intentions, you know, instead of, you know, holding the baby would you mind to fold that laundry over there for me? That would be helpful. Pick up the kids from school. Um, we really need people to step into our real life postpartum. That's the most helpful thing rather than um, feel like we're the ones that have to host them. Yeah. And I mean, really just giving moms the permission if they feel like they need it. Cause like, I know I didn't prepare for those situations before I had my first baby. Um, I, wouldn't have thought at all about who I was going to have over afterwards. It was just going to be like, everyone's, I guess, welcome because I just had a baby and, and you want to see the baby. Um, right. And you want to, you know, want to hold the baby and everything. So, um, but I was definitely not at the point that I was ready for that, but I was definitely pressured into it. So right. that is just, it just feels icky. Um, but knowing that it that does. could potentially be something that you like are going to be experiencing is something even just to prepare for and kind of make sure you're on the same page as your partner with what you want to do and how long you want to wait until people come over. And 
So that's a really good point. Yes, for sure. And that's not something I understood either. Um, even before I had my first baby, you know, if I had a sister in law or a family member have a baby, um, for some reason, it's just an expectation that you Mm -hmm. are obligated to see that baby within the first week. And in reality, um, you know, it's up to the mom. It's totally up to the mom. And this is your very, one of your very first opportunities to learn how to use your mom voice because you're going to be using it a lot in motherhood. Absolutely. Yes. Um, So another misconception is that postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, postpartum rage, any, any of those in that category um, can only happen in the first six weeks. That's not true. Uh, For some people, these things can develop in a sneakier way when you're not expecting it, you know, months down the road, uh, nine months down the road, 10 months down the road. And if you don't know that that's a possibility, you may not be able to put your finger on how you're feeling it's hard to do anyways when you're experiencing those emotions. Um, And you may not be able to reach out for the help that you might need if you don't know what it is. And so um, understanding that any of those things can flare up later is very important in how your mental health is going to be and um, how you're going to be experiencing motherhood. Some of the, more funny things <laughs> that mm-hmm. are some sure that I think of from my first experience is I had no idea about postpartum sweats or postpartum yes. night sweats. Oh my gosh. No clue. I didn't even know this was a thing. I actually woke up in the middle of the night drenched in sweat and I was shivering because I was cold from being sweaty. My husband was still awake. He was sitting on the couch. I came out of the bedroom and I was just shivering all over and covered in sweat. And he's <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, it's very shocking. I, I remember it that is. too. Between that and like leaking breast milk all over the place always. Like, I just feel like there were so many fluids and things that you're just not prepared for. Yes. Um, so a yes. heads up is nice. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm like, I don't have a fever. Like I feel fine. I'm just, I'm just sweaty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's a huge hormonal shift. So, and it's a huge fluid shift also. So you've got lots of things going on um, that can cause those postpartum sweats. Uh, Let's see. Breastfeeding, you know, uh, breastfeeding is another thing that is, it's, it's good to know a little bit about before you try to latch your baby for the first time. Your first exposure to breastfeeding should not be the first time you breastfeed your baby. Yeah. Uh, it is for 99% of people, a learned skill. It is a very natural process and our body knows what to do, but we may not know what to do. And some babies struggle a little bit more with learning how to feed, especially as a newborn, you know, their mouths may not be, very big and they don't have head control and, you know, they're adjusting to being outside the womb and all of those things. And so um, that was another thing that I learned was every breastfeeding journey is different. Every baby is different. And to be prepared for that, that it may not just come naturally to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I wanted to add two things too that were like, just came into my head, but the cramps after my second baby were so like the postpartum after pains were so much worse. I don't think I even had any with after my first baby, but those 
this, the ones after my second was like for five days and they were very strong every time I breastfed. Um, so I don't know how it will be with your third baby, but hopefully <laughs> you will have, I've heard that it can go either way for any of the subsequent, you know, uh, babies, but just being, pre- you know, prepared for that and having like the heat packs and, um, however you want to deal with that, but just having a plan for it at least. Cause I had no plan. And I was like, I was like concerned that I had like retained placenta. Like I wasn't bleeding, but I was in so much pain and I was just not, you know, I was not expecting it. It's shocking. It feels like active labor. It does. It really does. And my second birth was my labor from start to finish was only 45 minutes. So for sure, like I didn't have, you know, I didn't have pain. I wouldn't say it was a very painful labor because it was so short, but my postpartum, you know, I felt like it was making up for that um, lack of long labor. So yeah, that's something to prepare for too. Um, Absolutely. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And then like bleeding too. I remember, you know, being taught even in school, like, okay, bleeding lasts like up to six weeks. By the time you go to your six week appointment, the bleeding will be gone. Um, And my second baby, I bled for 12 weeks and that still was normal. Um, It wasn't a lot, but it was, it was a long, long time. And that was something I had no idea about um, either. So um, just like there's a very long variation of what is normal. And I feel like a lot of times in a lot of things, there's like, you know, guidelines, even with like baby sleep or how much they should eat. It's always like a guideline that we're supposed to follow certain wake windows or how long we're supposed to bleed for. But let, then, then when it's out of the norm, it causes anxiety or worry. Um, but there is just such a variation too between people. So I feel like that's something to consider too. Absolutely. We are very individualized people and our health is um, individualized and our birth experiences and all those things. So that is important to remember that, you know, trust your intuition, trust your mom gut. If you ever have any questions, don't be afraid to reach out to your provider that you trust. And, um, you know, it, nothing is a silly question. Yes. So if you were pregnant, I guess for the first time, I know you're pregnant with your third baby, but if there was something that you could say to yourself when you were newly pregnant, um, and hopefully other moms who are listening to this, what would be some advice that would you would give yourself um, if you were doing this all over from the start? I would go back to kind of what we touched on a little bit earlier is that having a bad experience or a poor experience is not a prerequisite to having a good one. You have the power as a first time mom to knock it out of the park the first time. Yes. Um, You have the power to educate yourself. You are smart and you are chosen to be this child's mom. You are capable. Um, It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Birth, pregnancy, postpartum, just being a mom in general, you know, it's challenging and it requires a lot of surrender, Um, a lot of getting you out of your comfort zone but you are capable and you are able. Don't let anybody tell you that, um, you know, this narrative that exists on social media, especially that motherhood has to be awful and birth is just horrible and postpartum is awful. It doesn't have to be that way. Don't stand for that. Start your preparation now. You got to know it and then you got to do it. So implement those things. If you have to get creative, don't be afraid to think outside the box. If you don't have a family around, like some of us are blessed to have, think outside the box. What other community can you form? Um, are, are there doulas or other people you could hire to help you? Um, is there a way that you can prioritize finances for that? These are all things that make a world of difference those first few weeks and into 
those first few months. Um, additionally, you know, you got to give yourself grace. Even with an overall positive experience, there are going to be days that you just need to cry because you just need to cry. Mm-hmm. There are going to be days that you're overwhelmed. Finding routine is hard. Um, being the one person during the day that is in charge of these tiny humans can feel overwhelming. So give yourself lots of grace. You are doing the absolute best you can. I think this is great advice. And I hope so many of you listening will um, take this and, you know, have that amazing first birth experience or, um, you know, build upon the last experience that you had and change it for the way that you want it to be. Um, And definitely go follow Marissa. So I guess, Marissa, if you can just tell us where listeners can find you and connect with you, because you always share so many like thought provoking things about postpartum and birth. So I know that they will enjoy following you as well. Well, thank you. I I always say postpartum is kind of the thing I accidentally walked into. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing I talk about the most. It just happened to turn out that way. But you can find me on Instagram. That is where I'm the most active um, at mom to mom. So M-O-M-T-O-M-O-M with Marissa, M-A-R-I-S-S-A. That is my Instagram handle. I post there the most. Um, If you want to follow along with my third postpartum journey, I'm sure I'll be sharing much of that as it unfolds. Um, I also have a website. You can find me at www.momtomomwithmarissa.com. And I have an Etsy shop under the same handle. So mom to mom with Marissa. Um, Over on my Etsy shop, I sell a lot of printables that include like breast feed or breast milk um, guidelines, storage guidelines. I have postpartum meal plan, things that you can fill out for yourself. Um, I'm going to be listing what we're going to be using this weekend for my postpartum party. So that'll be up there, uh, but you can find me there as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today. I hope you are able to use some of these takeaways to have an amazing first postpartum experience or build upon your last one so things can unfold exactly as you had always hoped. A negative postpartum experience is not a prerequisite to have a good one, so I encourage you to plan ahead before your baby arrives and reach out to others for support and for resources as you need them. Thank you so much for being here, and I will be back here next Tuesday.